This is the Bob McCown Podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. John Shannon in Toronto, and a first, folks. Well, we have a co-host today from another country. Darren Millard is in Las Vegas, Nevada. First time ever, the co-host has not been in Canada. That means this show is automatically 40% better because of the exchange rate. The exchange rate rate is not 40%, mister. Come on. The exchange rate is not 40%. Maybe at your house it is. Maybe that's Jen's version of saying how she keeps another 15% or something. But the exchange (laughs) rate's not 40%. It, it just it's fun uh i used to hate it and it would uh, now you love me. it now, now you love now it. i now i can't bring it up enough <laughs> <laughs> you're like you, you know what you, you know what that, that reminds you're kind of like that uh that smoker that has converted and become a non-smoker and now you preach about things that you know yes. oh, you shouldn't smoke you shouldn't smoke yeah that's what yeah. You, now you're talking about foreign exchange yeah how, how many cigarettes is that today? How many uh, how many times have you gone outside to, <laughs> today right. on that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it is true though. It gets under your fingernails that exchange talk, and now it's just like oh, I well, was back I, in Canada for a while. It's just I can I can afford that. It's easy. It's 40 percent less. Yeah, yeah. I, some, it doesn't work that way at my house. <laughs> we go to the states and we still spend. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Darren's here for the day. Thank you for uh, being here, Darren. And and we, we thought it was good, to, a little bit of a hockey fix, a little potpourri of hockey. Mm-hmm. I got a list of 10 or 11 things we got to get to today. Uh, and uh, who better to do that with than uh, our old pal, Scott Burnside, uh, who's in Atlanta. And we will talk hockey with Burnside and Millard after this. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the Bet Rivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Welcome back to the McAllen Podcast. Darren Millard in for uh, Bob. You know, and we already talked in the opening about uh, this is the first time a co-host has ever been outside of Canada with Darren in Vegas. Uh, and Scott, who's a regular contributor, Scott Burnside, is in Atlanta. So, holy smokes, this this is the – we did have John Herdman on from Dubai once. <laughs> but I would think that this is as international as we ever get on this podcast, Scotty. This is we're, – we're growing. Yeah, well, good for you, and you know what? I'm sure there's going to be a huge rating spike here in Georgia, and uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to it. And this will be great too when the uh, when the NHL comes back to Atlanta in 2065 or whenever that's going to be. Uh, this will be a good hook for that. So 2065, I may be uh, I may be retired by then. <laughs> yeah, Scott, you both. How, how much of a realistic idea is that? I know it's being loaded but realistically yeah you know what i and it's weird, it's weird i've been here a long time now and um i, I keep talking to people who, who think it's a sort of you know it's a real thing and i know that they're you know plans are afoot to 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 build and you know bricks and mortar nhl style arena and you know north of the city north of the perimeter which is where it you know needs to be in terms which is of- where it should have been in 72 and in 93. I don't know. You know what? Listen, you know, there was nothing. Listen, at the time the Thrashers came in the NHL and they were at Phillips Arena, it's called State Farm now, I think, where the Hawks still play. I I mean, you know, you were downtown. You were adjacent to CNN Center. You weren't far from where the Falcons played. You know, it's there was nothing wrong with the arena, but it's a weird sports city. And and yes, and the Braves showed by moving out of and the Braves were never right totally downtown. They were on the edge of downtown. 
not really accessible by by mass media. So they moved north of the perimeter where they're not really accessible by mass media now. But that's where the fans are, right? The fans and the money are in the north part of the city. And so, okay, so if you build it, will they come? I don't know. First of all, no chance with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly leading the NHL. Will they come back to Atlanta, given the experiences they had when the team moved in 2011? It was, you know, it wasn't the ownership was terrible here. That's the reason mm-hmm. there isn't an NHL team here. Terrible ownership, poorly. It, it, it starts from the top, right? And look around the NHL. Why, why are teams successful? Why is why is Vegas so successful? Because they have strong ownership and a vision and they implemented it. And why is Tampa where it is and go around the NHL? Well, we never had that here in Atlanta. So, you know, can you have that? Is there that type of owner that will, you know, that will bowl over a new commissioner and a new, um, you know, group of, of, uh, well, owners and, you know, leaders of the league and say, we need to go back to Atlanta. I mean, this is a way different community than it was even 12 years ago when the Thrashers went to Winnipeg. So, you know, I think it would be great, but I just see there's a million things that would have to happen for the NHL to come back here. How about nine zeros? How about nine zeros on the, well, yeah. So yeah, not only are you going to, you know, so you got to build this complex and so build it and what, I don't know what, whatever the cost is 700. Well, I don't even know what the cost is. So, but it's enormous, right? Yeah. And then, by the way, we'll need a check for a billion dollars. Yeah. Even if you give them a bit of a break and the check is 900 million, that's to get in the door. So I, I just, I can't see it happen. And there's zero chance that a team relocates here. I, you know, people say, well, Arizona could come here. <laughs> We're, they're already in a terrible space in Arizona. Why would they come to Atlanta and play in, you know, where the I, I think we already know where Arizona's going. I think we already know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Where? Houston makes sense, or Salt, Salt Lake, Lake, Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's not coming I here. Didn't know there's no relocation. Salt Lake City. What, what was that? I didn't know it was guaranteed Salt Lake City. Well, I, I, you 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 you, just, you you heard it here first. Yeah, okay. clubhouse leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, as a as a metropolitan area, Salt Lake City's bigger than Vegas. Yeah. Salt Lake City's bigger than Nashville. Salt Lake City's bigger than Columbus. I mean, it's Salt Lake City, and it has a an arena that can house a team today, yeah. and it has an infrastructure of a front office that can sell tickets and market and and sell corporate sponsorships today. Yeah, I mean it's 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 comparable, Darren, to when Atlanta went to Winnipeg. And all they did was they moved the moose stuff into where the jets were and, and vice versa. It became easy infrastructure. That but, rink but, is not NHL perfection. It's got no, no, but it, seats or it's, seats. It, yeah, but they'll have 14, five, they can have 14, five, which yeah. last I checked is better than 4,200. Yeah. Good point. So, all right. I was just, I was, this is already a success because I've got, I've learned uh, all about the Atlanta situation and I found out about Salt Lake City. So, this is just, this is uh, great. you don't use it on your own uh, podcast, though. Okay. okay? Nope. It, no, you're good. It, right. You know, there's a, uh, you know, an NDA. <laughs> just ignore John. You can call me. I'll come on and say the exact same thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Talk to you in 45 minutes, Scotty. <laughs> All right. So the big news of the week so far is Eric Carlson is finally a Pittsburgh Penguin. I read your uh, notes uh, yesterday, Scotty, on your website. Um, no brainer, right? This was this was the easy thing to do. Well, I, I mean, it's yeah, sure. And if you're Kyle Dubas, what have you got to lose? In fact, it's you know, I I I know in in Pittsburgh he's already being lauded as a magician and. As much for bringing in a generational player in Eric Carlson and a surefire Hall of Famer, um, and, but as, there's as much credit for you know disposing of unwanted uh, you know assets and in, in salary cap uh, dead weight and what Michael Granlund and you know Jeff Petrie goes back to Montreal and really it only cost him a protected first round pick and a second round pick in 25. So it's not, you know, and well, they got to pay him $10 million a year through 27. Um, I, I guess for me, I got, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Didn't you already have a right-handed guy 
who puts up lots of points and maybe needs a real good, strong defensive partner and Chris Letang, whom you extended a year ago. But anyway, bring in Eric Carlson coming off a generational year. And I, I don't know, like, are they, a, they're sure a better team than they were yesterday, but I don't know if they are, you know, are they exponentially closer to being a playoff team after missing last year for the first time since 05, 06? I would argue probably not, but whatever. It's a great, you know, it's a great story for Pittsburgh. People come and watch Carlson's worth the price of admission. Got to be some regression, I would think point wise. Um, and, and he really, you know, he's not a defensive defenseman and he's, you know, he is what he is, right. He's, he's a great, great player. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Eastern conference is a bear and, mm-hmm. You know, still to me have a massive question in goal because Kyle Dubas is, you know, in spite of coming in and, you know, sort of shaking things up, still Tristan Jari in, in goal. Casey DeSmith goes out the door as part of this deal, but your, your goaltending is still C plus B minus. I, 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 again, are you any closer to a playoff spot than you were 24 hours ago? Probably, but it's not a gimme for this team to be in the playoffs. And what happens if you miss two times in a row now? New ownership, the Fenway Sports Group. Like, what what happens? You've already extended Malkin and Tang. You now have Carlson in at ten million dollars a year through twenty seven. And if you miss the playoffs for a second straight year, I don't know what is the plan if you don't make the playoffs. I, I'm I'm just curious. It's a great story, but like uh, a beautiful looking lake with the water calm and in the little uh, inlet, there's some layers to it, and at the top. What you see is is really good. Eric Carlson going to Pittsburgh. Uh, Sidney Crosby, uh, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang get one more big run at it. Uh, you, you bring in some star power, and uh, Carlson going back to Pittsburgh, the site of one of his uh, most epic uh, moments with the cut of the Achilles heel, and he joins that team after everything that came out uh, from that. Listen, the late owner did a forensic audit. He did. He did. You know, who, he did a forensic audit. Who knows what would have uh, happened with Eric Carlson had that injury not happened. It might have been one of the, the the greatest defensemen in NHL history, surpassing all others. He was that good at, at that time. So this this is a beautiful, wonderful story. But be, below the surface, uh, you, you've you got uh, the fact that uh, you, you added, replaced the same player that you already have which Scott mentioned I don't remember a team winning with two of those same types of defensemen uh before uh the other part is did you address any of your shortcomings at all at all other than dispatching some players that weren't producing you got rid of them but you didn't replace them with any of the same type of uh uh, talents and, and abilities. So uh, I, I'm a skeptic on the overall possibilities, but I will be one of those people that will be watching Pittsburgh every chance I get because of the storyline. So it, it's a win, but a wait and see. Well, you know what, Scotty, to your point about, you know, Latang and Carlson being the same position. Well, we got 48 minutes covered now. Yes. You, you know, yeah. you know, so, yeah. so, so it's, and, and, and I, I was trying to think about, are you, are you, are you, what's the power play going to look like? Uh, Cause do you want to put both of those two guys, like they put dry and McDavid on the ice in Edmonton. Do you want to put Latang and Carlson on the number one power play together and see if they can work together and somehow, some way. And then you can say, well, you know, at least we got two defensemen out there because that that there the problem last year and you guys kind of addressed it was that this was a team of Sid Crosby, Jake Gensel, uh, Evgeny Malkin when he was healthy, Christopher Letang, and then some mediocre goaltending, uh, and it didn't get them to the playoffs. Are they that much different? Is is really the question now? Kyle's Kyle, listen, give Kyle credit. He went in, um. He needed to make a splash. He made a splash. He did. He made a big splash. But last week, people were ripping him for, you know, for assigning himself a new job. Uh, so it's it's been an interesting time in Pittsburgh for Kyle Dubas. Yeah. Well, I you know, again, I uh, I don't know what you do with the, you know, like if you if you have the top, you know, if you're a top five power play in Pittsburgh and maybe, you know, do you move Latang 
you know, does he play on the wall? Does he, you know, I know Kyle Dubas said yesterday that to Jake Gensel won't miss as much time as initially feared, but he'll miss some time at the start of the season. You can put them both out there. You can move, you know, p- push one of them to a, you know, quasi forward or rover spot, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. But you're going to have the issue is still the same. You can't look, Eric Carlson going to play about 85% of every power play. So mm-hmm. is there room for Chris Letang to play somewhere given that? I don't know. Maybe there is. I mean, Mike, listen, Mike Sullivan's a really good coach, won back to back cups there. I'm sure he's had, and, and we know that he has, he's has had a very strong voice in, in, everything that has happened in Pittsburgh over the last couple of years. He's, he is a presence there. So, you know, Kyle Dubas didn't call Mike Sullivan on Sunday afternoon and say, well, by the way, I got a surprise for you. He knew what was in the works. So he must be comfortable with it. You know, they'll have to figure it out. You know, the lineup's going to look a lot different. And there was a lot of criticism of the bottom six a year ago. And what was its identity? And, you know, there was a lot of haranguing about what happened with Ron Hextall as a GM there. And there there have been some changes. Again, I don't know whether it's a, a matter of have you have you addressed the concerns of the bottom six so that they can produce and take some of the pressure off the top group, top six, or, or have you just shuffled the mm. – it's just same result, different names on the back of the jerseys. That's the challenge, you know, once the season gets going. But, again, in the Eastern Conference, there is the, – the competition for – playoff spots is going to be unbelievable. I, I think you can lock in six teams right now. Let's do it. Carolina Rangers, New Jersey, Toronto, Tampa. I put Florida in there if you want, went to a final. Why not? So there's six teams. There's two spots. Hold left. on. You put, you put Florida ahead of Boston. I'm sorry. You no, know, you don't have to apologize, but I, I'm you, just, you, I don't, you know, you got, I, I don't like, I don't know where that team is at. So, okay. You want to, if you, and if you put Boston in, there's seven teams yeah. or if you put Boston and take Florida, there's six, but you got two spots, maybe one for what eight teams. Like where does Pittsburgh fit with Washington, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, Columbus is going to be way better. They just are, you know, like outside of Philly and Montreal, I think every team in the East is like, I, we should be playing meaningful games in February and March and Pittsburgh is in that same group. Like I just don't, I don't know. And, and then yeah. I go back to the same question. What happens if you miss two years wow. in a row? You're not, you're not, you're not firing the new president and general manager. Well, no, obviously not. And, but if your ownership, are you like, well, what are we doing here? And really if you're, you know, now you're, you know, like, what happens as you get closer and closer to the end of, you know, where Sidney Crosby is at? Like, what does, is he sticking around? But don't you think that's where they are now? I mean, isn't this one last gasp for 87? Well, I one mean, last gasp yeah, I for Malkin? Here. So is it a last, you know, Crosby's deal is up at the end of 24, 25. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I mean, Sidney Crosby can do whatever he wants and the Penguins are, you know, no one's, no one's going to be forcing Sid out, but at the same point, you know, like there, he's 36 years old. If they miss the playoffs again this year, you know, what, what do you owe Sid? Let me put it this way. What do you owe Sidney Crosby? If you're the Pittsburgh Penguins and, and, and you, you rolled the dice for his entire career reloading every year and you miss again. And, and the team is the prospects are grisly. What do you owe him? I think you owe him, where do you want, do you want to stay or do you want to go somewhere and have a, have a run, you know, do a Ray Bork. I, I don't know, but I think you have to have those questions at the end of this year. If you miss two years in a row, you made the most high profile move possible to try and help that group win another Stanley cup. I just don't know whether they're exponentially better than they were a year ago, given some of their weaknesses that haven't been attached I will be watching. Yeah, I, I, but I, 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 th- I think that the bigger test will just be to get to Scott's point is to get to the playoffs. Yeah, like Stanley, yeah. Stanley Cup. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't think Stanley Cup's realistic in Pittsburgh. Uh, I really don't. Um, you know, there are there are too many holes still 
uh, beyond the top four or five guys. And Tristan Jari has has been become a bit of an enigma. And I'm being polite uh, about what's going on. Actually, you, you tweaked me to something, Scotty, about um, letting Sid do whatever he wants. At the end of his contract, he's been lo- a loyal soldier. He's been the face of the franchise. There's somebody going through that right now, this summer, uh, that's won three Stanley Cups, won a con Smythe, can't get a job. They don't want him back in Chicago. What the heck? Where's the logic? I agree with your logic on Sid, but where's that logic for Jonathan Taves? Yeah, I think with Jonathan Taves, though, it's, you know, the circumstances are pretty much, they're really different with given his health issues over the last two or three years. Like I, and I don't profess to know, you know, are, you know, where is he at mentally, physically, all of those things. So to me, that's, it, that's a sort of different thing. It, you know, it is a, I mean, it's, it is unbelievable to imagine and let's broaden the lens a little bit here that we're sitting here, you know, a month away from the start of training camp, give or take. Um, and Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane are without home, mm, without right. team. Yeah. Now, Kane, we understand with the hip procedure, it's not, he could have presumably signed somewhere. He's going to wait until, you know, see how his recovery is. And also, you know, what are the, what's it look like? You know, what's it look like? What do the standings look like in November or whenever he, whenever the timing is right to come back? And maybe something similar happens with Jonathan Taze. Maybe he bides his time. Maybe he feels differently in November than he does now. But his productivity, his durability, all those things are factors that, to me, make it a lot different than at the end of the year. If if you're Sidney Crosby with one year left on your deal and your team is in disarray and you're like, you know, and I'm, again, I'm not speaking for Sidney Crosby. Maybe he's happy to... He maybe he in his mind is already he will play every single game he plays in the NHL in that city and in that jersey and that's that's totally fine I'm sure mm-hmm. you know that's fine but at some point maybe you're like geez I wouldn't mind one more crack at it and if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins I don't care if it's new ownership or not you do your level best to make that happen and 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 you you give him what he wants when he wants it. And it is different for Jonathan Taze and frankly for Patrick Kane, given the, you know, they're basically their health circumstances. Production wise, I was totally fine with Jonathan Taves and what he was doing on the ice. Durability, Second half of the season, he was pretty good. Yeah. Different, different story, durability uh, and uh, trying to line that up, but productivity wise, he was great. Uh, I, are we all in agreement that somebody's talked to him? Few teams have talked to him. He's just trying to figure it out himself. This isn't about not being able to find a team. It's about him sorting through the teams more than anything. Is it not? Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it's been resolved that he definitely wants to come back. Like, I think, you know, he's been through an awful lot, right? I mean, his, Mm -hmm. the health issues and, and the attendant, um, you know, the, the mental anguish of what he went through over the last couple of years you know and again this whole you know the you know it's not just can can you get on the ice and be you know nhl ready and we saw that he was for for you know later in the season last year but what's it like over 82 games do you want to put yourself through that grind are you you know are you can you do the prep to make it happen day right. in and, and day out. And he's a proud guy. And he's one of the, you know, he's a hall, he's a, a surefire lock to go to the hall of fame as is Patrick Kane. I, you know what? I, I don't know. That's a lot to ask. But, but, but the, the only reason I brought it up was uh, I was putting the same logic you had for Crosby in Pittsburgh to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that loyalty to Jonathan Taves went out the window um it went out the window and 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 so here's i mean can you imagine being jonathan taves sitting at the lake reading that Corey perry got four million dollars from my chicago blackhawks nick felino got four million dollars from my chicago blackhawks and they don't want me back seriously 
I I think that I think that stinks. Yeah. Particularly for what Taves again, I'm using the Crosby logic for the loyalty of what Jonathan Taves has done for the Chicago Blackhawks. Bring him back. Bring him back for two million. Bring him back for something. Yeah. But well, let me ask and you. And they and they've said we don't want him because he'll be a distraction. Yeah. That's I mean, and I I just Scotty, I don't I think that's wrong. Yeah, I don't but and I, I don't profess to know that, you know, if let's say if Chicago turned around and said, okay, let's do one more year, four million dollars. We'll try and find a spot for you at the trade deadline because we know we're going to stink. Right. Okay, but I don't know if that's what Jonathan Taze wants. So yeah. I, I, I'm not, I would only, and again, I, you know, I mean, I, I thought it, I thought the, the break had been made sort of emotionally last year. So I'm, I'm not surprised that there wasn't, even though that's a lot of money to, you know, for Nick Felino and, and Corey Perry, I, I, you know, I'm curious about the Blackhawks because they have some interesting you know, this is not a slight against Jonathan Taze, but it's interesting that, you know, they brought in some guys that I think will be really important for Connor Bedard to be around and to help insulate him. And, you know, cause it's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a hard year. They're not a very good team, right? They, they're still two, three years probably from playing, you know, meaningful games in the second half of a season. So you know, go back to Crosby when he first came in. You look at the veterans that were in Pittsburgh, even though they were terrible that in Crosby's rookie year. But you know, Mario Lemieux was still on the ice, and John Leclerc, and they brought in all these guys <laughs> to help shelter him. But you know, that went by the boards pretty quickly. But I understand the logic in that, and honestly, I'm not surprised that Jonathan Taze isn't part of that because I think it felt to me like both sides were like, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's we're moving on. And and Jonathan Taze is moving on, and and we'll see what happens. Oh, you're muted, Darren. You know, I, I see the thing about Darren. Darren's new nice. to, to broadcasting. Sorry, I mute myself so I don't interrupt. That's my anti-interrupt prevention uh, technique. Nice. I don't have that. How many? Neither, neither do I. Four in Pittsburgh. I've made a career of this. I've made a career of interrupting. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it 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 helps me. Otherwise, I I, I just ah, then Scott wouldn't have get get a chance to say anything. Uh, so do do Malkin, Latang, Crosby, and Carlson all finish in Pittsburgh, or how many of the four finish in Pittsburgh? Man, that's a like again. Uh, I don't I don't know what happens. You know, because this is, I mean, this, A, you've, you've made the, you know, you have Kyle Dubas, you've done what you asked him to do, shake things up, you bring in a generational player, you, you miss the playoffs now two years in a row, what would, you know, well, you roll them back out again, say, let's try again, yeah. or at some point, do those players and ownership and management sit down and have a real frank discussion about, okay, we extended Malkin and and uh, Latang a year ago, you know Crosby's got one more year left. He's done at, at the end of twenty four, twenty five. Carlson, we know through twenty six, twenty seven. How how do you guys feel? Where do you, what do you want us to do? But it's we need we need to pivot and do what Pittsburgh has not done. It's an extraordinary what they have not done since Crosby at all came into the league. It, it's never really, you know, they've never had a down cycle they never have right i mean they you make make the playoffs every year from 07 to 22 inclusive that's a pretty good run so but at some point maybe you have that frank discussion about well what are we gonna what are we gonna do and then to me that's where mm -hmm. the players and their representatives and you know it's you know it's pat brisson and jp barry and it's you know fenway sports group and it's kyle dubas then you have to have that come to jesus moment of what are we going to do? Because if you miss two in a row, the chances of missing three in a row are extremely high. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's Scott Burnside, Millard's riding shotgun today. We're going to we're going to pivot ourselves uh, on uh, some topics around the NHL. I had a list of eleven things that we got to two. We're way behind the plan, <laughs> you know. You know, this is unbelievable. Um, anyway, we'll. Uh, <laughs> We'll continue our discussion about what's going on in the National Hockey League in the first week of August after this.
Welcome back to the McCallum Podcast. Scott Burnside's in Atlanta. Darren Millard's in Vegas. And I am in good old Port Credit, Ontario. Just a lovely little place to be on a summer afternoon. Um, Scotty, uh, last Thursday, the Edmonton Oilers made a giant move, uh, reimagining, refocusing their upper management. Jeff Jackson goes from being an agent to the dark side, if you want to think of it that way. Just your thoughts on what Jackson's done by becoming the CEO of Hockey Ops for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a I think it's a fascinating move. And I think it's a great move for the Oilers. It's a, you know, Jeff Jackson's a really smart, interesting guy. You know, he and I, we have been we have shared this story, just the two of us. So we're both Southwestern Ontario guys. And he, uh, you know, played some hockey against some guys I know in Essex, Ontario. And uh yeah, the way he tells the story, I don't think they ever lost Essex. So that could be the, I don't know if it's true or not. By the but way, he's, he's from Dresden. Yeah. And, 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 and so, so we had him on the show yesterday and uh, we, we talked a ton about, you know, his time in Chatham, time in Dresden yeah. and uh, the impact of a guys like uh, Kenny Houston had on his life, who yeah. was up until, uh, up, I guess, up until today, the best player to come out of Dresden, Ontario was Kenny Houston. Yes. So I think, you know, to me, you know, to have, and it's not whether it's the Oilers, it's, it's, it's every organization, right? I mean, it's, it's Vegas, it's Tampa. Who do you, you know, to have as many smart, interesting hockey people in your room. And often that means bringing in people who have a different perspective or who have done different things. And, you know, you know, whether it's an analytical end or whatever it might be that you bring to the table to make your group smarter. Uh, I just think Jeff Jackson's a really smart, interesting guy. He's done, uh, he's done it all. And now we, and, you know, obviously knows the best player on the planet exceedingly well in Connor McDavid. I what what could be wrong about having him at, on the other side of the table? What would be wrong about having him, and his voice at the very top of that hockey ops group. So I I think those things are good. And you know, we know that you know, we know that Ken Holland is already a Hall of Fame builder. He is edging towards the end of his career. You know, Bob Nicholson. It, it, I think it's I think it sets up very nicely for a team that has not quite got to where it needed to be in terms of its evolution, given the talent there. You know, really disappointing. I thought it was a disappointing loss to Vegas in the second round. You know, it's a series that the Oilers let get away from them, right? I mean, Vegas, full value for that victory. But the Oilers, that was a series that was theirs for the taking. And they mm -hmm. could not close the deal. I think having somebody else in the room to say, well, what do we, you know, how do we, how do we take that next step or two forward? Uh, I think it's a great I think it's a great thing, and I think it's it shows some forward thinking from an organization that's been, you know, sometimes been easy to criticize over the last five or six years. Yeah. Darren, you know Jeff pretty well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jeff. He's a hockey guy. He's he's really done an amazing job as, as an agent, but I still think of him as like a, a hockey operations guy, mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost, uh, which I think uh, goes with this this. this decision to to bring him in to to run the show look uh there, there's some disappointed people around uh, the national hockey league and it's his clients uh who, who lose him as an agent because he's done some really forward-thinking deals over the years and i think that's going to help uh, the oilers on that side on the salary cap side of it uh when it comes to negotiating contracts and like pittsburgh who brings somebody in to tried to elevate the performance of the team around the star player. That's what Edmonton has done here. And uh, I don't think that there's a, an issue uh, on that side of it. Uh, of, of all the people available, can you get a hockey guy who also has uh, an amazing relationship with the best player in the game and, and, and couple those together? It's, it's a no brainer. I didn't see it coming because uh, of Jeff's success as an agent, but I think it's a really positive step for the Edmonton Oilers. I think we have to wonder when, I think we have to wonder, Scotty, when uh, Dave Gagne is going to show up though. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, and I, you know, again, you sort of pull the lens back. It, is, is it any surprise that, that over the, the years and certainly in Pittsburgh, given the, the turmoil there at the, at the very top over the last three or four years, you know, the Pat Brisson's name is 
has often been connected to that kind of move, certainly with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But, you know, to me, Pat Brisson's background is different than Jeff Jackson's, but it's not surprising to me that teams would be looking, you know, sort of outside the box. Who else? Yeah. Again, Florida did it. Florida yeah. did it, right? Exactly. Bill, you know, Bill, again, I think we, you know, they're back in the day, maybe, you know, your hockey ops group was pretty tight and maybe you didn't want too many people in the room because they would be all be wanting your job or whatever the mentality was. But I, to me, it's just about, boy, who's, who, who are smart people that we could bring into our room to offer us a perspective that we might be missing because we're not as good as we need to be. I, I, I think it's refreshing. Yeah, the, the, the fascination for me is that this, this thread occurs every once in a while. I mean, Brian Burke was an agent. He moved to the other side. Pierre Lacroix. Yep. was yes. one of the greatest agents of all time and moves to Colorado and, you know, and, and manufactures a couple of Stanley Cups and, and manufactures, I would suggest, the trade of the decade in the 1990s and yep. getting Patrick Waugh to, uh, to Colorado. So this, this does happen more than not. It just, when it, when it comes out of the blue like this, I think people start to think, well, wow, who else is out there that, that could be an agent, that could be a manager. I also think, and I suggested this to Jeff yesterday, that as a former NHLer, uh, and you know, one of my best friends is John Davidson. Um, uh, you know, he moved from the broadcast booth to to the front office because they are competitive. Still, they still are athletes at heart, and they still dream to get their name on the Stanley Cup. I mean, Darren, I I don't have to tell you what it, what, you know, what it meant to George uh, right. as a former player, what it means to somebody like a George McPhee who played in this league a long time to get his name on the, on the Stanley cup. And we, we do, I think we see it a lot more than we realize. And we, in the end, we just don't realize it. Everybody wants to hold that trophy. Everybody yep. wants to hoist it. They want to drink out of it. They want to touch it. They want to have their day with it. They want their name on it. Uh, George, uh, after a lifetime of chasing it, did all of those things this year. And we witnessed firsthand the relief, the joy uh, on his on his face. And Jeff Jackson, you could argue compared to the different, whether it's Berkey or JD in his situation or Bill Zito, uh, probably has the most balanced portfolio between hockey ops and and being an agent uh, coming into it. And that competitive fire of having skin in the game uh, is, is I, I can't imagine uh, how much he is uh, just uh, drooling at, at yeah. the possibility of, of getting both work boots on and getting in there and doing it. I say this tongue in cheek, but why would Pat Brisson ever leave a right. Southern, uh, leave Southern California and leave being one of the most influential people, not of one team, but of six because I you mean, get how, to win the trophy. That's it. That's it. That's it. That, exactly. That, that, right? The lure of that, being able to hoist that trophy over your head and kiss the Stanley Cup and and be the best of the business in a in a business that you've been a part of forever uh, it 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 is a draw man. So, so all I, right, yeah, go ahead, Scotty. Oh, I was just, I was just going to like say that I was fortunate enough to be in Nova Scotia when uh, with uh, Sidney Crosby's days with the Cup in '09 and. Uh, you know, Pat Brisson was there with his family and, you know, it is, you get to share in those moments, but I, it's, a, it's, that's a different connection, yeah. you know, and, and so Pat Brisson celebrates Sidney Crosby's accomplishments because they're, because they're inexorably tied together and have been for years and years. I think it is completely different in that moment that, you know, if the Oilers win the cup next June, and Jeff Jackson gets to hold that cup. That's going to be a different feeling than if he was still just Connor McDavid's agent. That it's just so different. And I'm I'm with Darren. I think it that's a powerful lure. And even though Pat Brisson is you know maybe you know as as most maybe one of the most influential people in hockey, let alone most influential agents, that would still be something that I I, I wonder if he thinks about. I yeah. I would be shocked if he doesn't. He All was right. close to having his name on the cup. 
his son is one like arm's length away with the Vegas Golden Knights played with the Henderson Silver Knights this year and Brendan Brisson and is considered to be a big part of Vegas Golden Knights future but uh, didn't get up uh, and get the necessary uh, uh, qualifications to get his name on the cup this year. Uh, okay, so uh, you two guys are in America. I'm in Canada. Um, William Nylander's in Toronto. Mark Shifley, Connor Hallebucker in Winnipeg, and Elias Lindholm's in Calgary. Um, any chance that they're going to join you guys in your country before they finish the season? Any of them? What do you think? Or all of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't I look, it, it is, it's, it's fascinating, right? Cause at the start of the off season, those are our guys, maybe, maybe less so Nylander, but certainly, you know, Shifley and Hellebuck and Lindholm. And, you know, there are a number of others in Calgary who are heading into contract years who have indicated, and, and maybe it's changed now with the management change and the coaching change there, but, you know, maybe not all that, you know, open to signing long-term there that we imagined there would have been a lot more movement, to me, it, just, it it so much of it depends now on well, where where are you at? Where are the Calgary Flames at? Where are the Jets at? You know, Jets were a playoff team last year, but not really competitive against Vegas. Flames, the expectations were through the roof and didn't even make the playoffs. So, you know, to me, those are, you know, those are where are those teams at and. You know, how does Kevin Sheveldayoff in, in Winnipeg and Craig Conroy in Calgary, those are assets you can't have walk out the door, even though you get the cap space, which is an asset. You To me, you have to turn those into picks and prospects if they're not coming back. So, you know, and how do you balance that against playing meaningful games and maybe, you know, playoff games with a $3 million gate every home game which is not nothing so you know you balance it the Leafs are in a little different spot I think to me they're a they're a legitimate Stanley Cup team can you play the entire season and and go as far as you can and if you have to you only say goodbye to William Nylander then then you that's the price of doing business when you're at that level Winnipeg and Calgary are different levels as far as I'm concerned and with Nylander, if you if you you don't move him, you don't sign him. You get seven million dollars back in order to try to 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 change the issue. I just uh, Darren, the one in Winnipeg to me is is the fascinating one because I I think for the last two or three years we've seen uh, a need for the change in culture in Winnipeg, and it's slowly happening, and, and I don't know why it's not happening quicker. I'm surprised that both players are still there at this point of the summer, quite frankly. Uh, I think it's Kevin Shevoldayoff waiting for the right deal. Do, do I believe Shifley and Hellebuck will, will finish the season in Winnipeg? No. Given the need to replenish that organization with potential uh, prospects and uh, pl- team control. Uh, of of players it just has to happen so that situation uh, i i think is going to play itself out with some kind of transaction uh, and and it's going to have to for the uh, positive future of that organization and and Sheffield Dave's done a good job in parlaying uh that over the over the years uh, into those types of opportunities Nylander, like that that's that's a situation where can you turn that not into cap space but into something that you can really uh, lean on in the organization, whether it's bottom six, whether it's uh, on your blue line, whether it's in goal. Uh, it has to be on your blue line. It, it has, has to be on your I, I would think so. But uh, some other place to deepen your organization uh, on a Stanley Cup contender. Like Vegas did it, went through with the deepest blue line in, in the National Hockey League uh, this year. Uh, they could throw out any of those six, seven, uh, at times and 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 play against anybody it's that valuable and Toronto isn't anywhere close to that and that's where I see Nylander helping Toronto uh, nothing against the talents of the player he's extremely valuable but can you that that cap space isn't as valuable as somebody that's dependable on the back end I I just I just I don't see any of those four guys finishing the season with their respective teams at this point you know, and and I think there's a chance that a few of them may not start the season with with their team, right, Scotty? Well, but don't don't you think this is a function of we're still in the flat cap 
you know, dynamic, right? Yeah. Teams can't, you know, Blake Wheeler's playing for, what's it, 875000 or whatever his number. He's under a million dollars in New York with the Rangers. What I mean, you know, God bless Chris Drury for, you know, is there a better offseason signing? I, you know, and I know things were up and down for Blake Wheeler. Well, the answer is yes, there is. I don't know what it is, but yes, there is. Well, I don't mind. It. I I don't mind a less than million dollar Blake Wheeler in my lineup. Man plays with some edge, and anyway, that John and I anyway, are on the same team here. My, my point is, you, those, you, you, can't, you know, and again, you know, Connor Hellebuck. Uh, you know, I look at the LA Kings, who of course took on um, Pierre Dubois from the Jets, another player who wanted out. I thought Kevin Chevaldeoff did a great job on the return there. To me, the Kings. I, you know, I like that team still haven't addressed to my mind, their biggest issue, which is in goal. And with right. all due respect to Cam Talbot, you know, but where, so where do you, you know, not everyone teams don't want to give up their draft picks and their top prospects because of the cap situation. And so that's why, even though Connor Hellebuck is an elite NHL goaltender and there are four or five teams, you know, Pittsburgh's another one, right? Could you have used Connor Hellebuck? Yeah, but you can't have, Eric Carlson, if you have Connor yeah. Hallebach. So to me, it's about the, it's not that, you know, they, they shouldn't be going somewhere else. They probably should. And teams would like to be moving on from those players because they don't fit long-term, but man, it's so tight and teams are so protective of their picks and their prospects because you cannot build a Stanley cup champion unless you draft and develop your own players. Vegas a little bit different, but that's given there's, you know, recent history as an expansion team, but you can't win if you don't draft and develop. And even though you may want those elite players, yeah. teams just aren't willing to give up for it. You are right, sir. I'll tell you what, six weeks to camps. It's uh, hard to imagine summer's gone quickly. And uh, I still think there's a, a bit of movement now that everybody's away from the cabin or the cottage, depending on where you live in this country. Uh, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to uh, see what uh, what happens before we drop the puck. By the way, we're going to drop the puck first in Melbourne, Australia. But so that's another story for a, another day. Scott Burnside, thank you for this, guys. Always hey, a pleasure. Call anytime, Darren. You can call me. I'll say the exact same thing on your own show if you want. Fifteen minutes now, buddy. Fifteen <laughs> minutes. I'll be right there. Don't you chirp too much. All right, Millard and I'll be back after this. So I did not get to my list of 11 things. Not even close. No, not What was the over-under on that? that? I don't know. But I, you know, hey, so this is a lesson for, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a grapes here. You ready? For all you kids out there, for all you kids out there, always be prepared with a list. Always be prepared. That's more like that. You were pulling a you. You're <laughs> always prepared. And you taught grapes that. That's what you did. <laughs> I did not te teach Don Cherry one darn thing. <laughs> so i mean don cherry did just fine without me so so um when's your day with the cup uh i do not get a day but we have a department day so oh. individually i don't get a day but we have yeah. a department day with the with the stanley cup in september wow. where the, all the broadcasters and the communication group will uh will have uh half a day with the stanley cup in vegas and, and some chance to get some family pictures with it. And, and so what what's it been like since you know that first week in june or whatever day it was well that was just surreal that that first week i'll tell you a story right now uh the 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 night that the team wins it you go out and you have uh the dressing room party and then you have a family function and then the players usually take it out in the town which is exactly what happened sure. but the the captain i didn't know this the captain gets the cup on the night that the team wins it. So Mark Stone said, I, I felt kind of bad, but I was just done. And he hurt his wrist, uh, suffered a fracture in his wrist that night. So he that was sore and lifting it all the time was getting sore. So about 3.30, I don't know, around there, uh, he left the club that they were all at. He got to take it home. He wakes up in the morning and opens his eyes, like cracks them open a little bit. And at the foot of his bed is the Stanley Cup. With no nobody around, like no none of the keepers of the cup or anything, it was all his. 
mm-hmm. that night and that day. And that is the coolest story that I've heard so far with all the days with the Stanley Cup. And we still got a, a few of them. I'm going to be up in Manitoba with Zach Whitecloud uh, next week, uh, doing his day with the Stanley Cup. Keegan Colas are, are around there. But there's cool. it. The, the first couple of weeks have been surreal, and then it's popped in and out uh, since. And uh, I've just done uh, a collage on a wall with all the pictures from the night. And it's just, uh, we're still enjoying uh, that wonderful ride. Hold on. You're doing a collage. What is this, a grade seven yeah. report you're, you're doing? Basically. Well, because you're, you're my... grades. Now, what did you what did you get for building a collage in grade seven? Did you get my... a B? Did you I, get a I B? improved. I improved on it. You're better? All right. Yeah. You, you know why? Because abstract has become a thing. You don't have to have everything like in a straight line anymore. By, by the way, Darren, they have computers for this. I they, 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 you can actually like like you you can actually scan and drag and drop and do all that stuff. You know, I wanted a picture. My wife and uh, my sixteen year old daughter got to go in the parade with me, so I wanted some pictures of them up on the wall. Hold on. Did you have your own car? Were you waving? At we the were fans? on a bus with with Nick Hag and oh, cool. uh, who else was in there? Aiden Hill was on that bus. Chandler Stevenson was on that bus. So uh, cool. we, we, we had a pretty good group. Yeah. Aiden Hill, huh? Yeah. Pretty good story, Aiden Hill. Yeah, hey, you see, I, I saw uh, Laurent Boisois had his cup in Cloverdale yesterday. Yeah. It looked kind of cool. Yeah. He and I have the same abs, like six packs, <laughs> perfectly ripped. Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> this is supposed to be a truthful podcast. And by the way, I, I thought I thought one of the best stories of the summer was uh, Bruce Cassidy, who uh, had the cup in Boston, uh, uh, said he only needed it for half a day, uh, and then he phoned George McPhee and said, because George was in Martha's Vineyard, and uh, he says, "Do you want the cup for the second half of the day?" So George got the cup for a second half of the day in uh, in Martha's Vineyard before he gets his day for, with the cup in, in late August. Uh, in Guelph, so uh, it's been a it's been a great story. The whole distribution of the cup. It's always good that the people on the second floor uh, have the cup a lot compared to everybody else on the ground floor, right? Just like you, you were on the second floor. You got those perks. I can. I'll tell you the story one day if you come back uh, of the the day and a half that I did have with the Stanley Cup in nineteen seventy nine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Seriously, I, I, might, I, I might have to find some pictures. Where's your collage? I have pictures. I have big pictures. Anyway, we got to go. Thanks for doing this, pal. I love this collage. Came out. No, I'm not this. doing a collage. This is, this is awesome. I'm not doing a collage. Burnside. This is great. Yeah. Well, you know, two you, you two guys were on Leafs TV. I thought it was good to get you back on the air. It's kind of cool. The reporters. I can still hear that music in my head. <laughs> Some things at Leafs TV actually worked. Anyway, it did. It was great. Hey, listen. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate your time. Love you, buddy. You're the best. That's Darren Millard, the host of the Chirp podcast and the host of Vegas Golden Knights Hockey on television, whatever television channel that is. I will uh, talk to you tomorrow. Dave Hodges is back tomorrow. We're going to talk baseball. This is the McCown Podcast. (laughs) 